to sleep or not to sleep, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in one's work to endure the quietest hours of the dark of the night, or depart the field of one's labors, and in so abdicating to postpone them, to rest, to sleep, yet leaving more to be done, to say we do not end the current work and leave its shocks for tomorrow. I'm Sebastian Marshall. This is the Ultra Working Podcast. I just totally came up with that. It wasn't adopted from like William Shakespeare and like lightly edited or anything. That was just totally an original work. Um, sarcasm for the international listeners and transcripts and things like that. Um, yeah, no, we're we're that's what we're talking about today. Is uh, we got a listener question. We actually uh, from time to time we get some variant of this question fairly often. So it's a bit of a composite question uh, from a, a few different uh, people that have asked this specific question. To us so we actually get this one a lot it's a very interesting and it's a tricky one um by the way if you ever have any questions and and you want to hear our take on them shoot us a note podcast at ultraworking.com just email us you know podcast at ultraworking.com and yeah there's a good chance we'll uh we'll do it on the show give us a little context about who you are don't ask questions just in general tell us a little bit about yourself so you know in this case we got a 25 year old ish graduate student who's got this question hey it very often happens that i will find myself still working around midnight i often find myself tempted to stay up late to finish a particular paper or project and there's some like more details about this person's uh, personal life circumstances and such all of which are going to get synthesized into the show but that's it hey it's midnight you're working you're cooking you're doing a little bit of good work but it's like hey it's getting late what do we do here? Should we sleep or not sleep? And I think there's three things to think about in this. So let's talk about the immediate trade-off. Let's talk about a global kind of shaping, how you do things in the future thing. And then there's like a little tiny note about good sleep windows. Um, all right. So I am a big fan of really reducing things to just definitely true statements, almost tautologies, right? So... Let's say you normally sleep eight hours a night and, and you know, if the listener here gets by on six hours of sleep or needs nine, whatever, just substitute that number. But okay, let's say you sleep eight a night, right? If you go to bed later, then you're going to go to bed. If you normally go to bed at midnight and you, every, every night, you wake up at 8 a.m. And you say, hey, I'm going to stay up till two today. One of two things happens. One of two things happens when you do this. Either you get two less hours of sleep or you wake up two hours later in the morning. I know this sounds so basic, but, but I feel like a lot of people have not thought about this. I don't know whether you've thought about this or not, but like I feel like this is critically important to think about. If you normally go to bed at midnight and wake up at 8, and instead you go to bed at 2 a.m., you're going to do one of two things. You're going to sleep two less hours or you're going to sleep two hours longer. I suppose you could sleep one hour less and wake up one hour. Or whatever you know what I mean but but that's it so you're you're doing something right so this really I feel like simplifies the question for a lot of people you're trading when you stay up two hours two hours of nighttime hours you're trading 12 a.m 1 a.m 2 a.m against 9 a.m and 10 a.m if you wake up later or against two hours of sleep that's what you're doing is that a good trade like usually not sometimes yes so I'm, that's, there you go. I just simplified the thing for you. You're either trading night hours against sleep or night hours against morning hours. 
When you're trading night hours against morning hours, that's usually like really freaking bad. Morning hours are worth a lot more than night hours. Trading against sleep, you know, I can't, um, I can't say that that's a good idea because like people would say I'm a monster and I'm a horrible person. So like, yeah, don't do it. I mean, I've made that trade plenty of times and I think from time to time it's been a great trade. Um, sometimes I know that the next day I've got, I'm going to be full on all day and I'm not going to be able to get back to what I was working on at 12. But if I get it totally done, then it's shoo, shoo, it's done. I'm not going to lose a context. I'm going to come back to it. There's no chance it's going to be like multiple days later and I didn't finish it. I very happily made the trade, staying up a little later, trading some sleep against work. I've done that a lot. I've been very happy. Don't do it because people will say I'm a horrible guy if I advocate for this. So I can't. I just got to tell you not to do it. It's the rules. That's the rules. Sleep's really important. Mind your sleep. No, um, in all seriousness, sleep is, uh, is and is not really important. Like these things go in waves. Everybody has different biology and things. From time to time, being slightly underslept the, the next day. If you're healthy, if you don't have any psychological things that are different than other people, if you don't have any medical conditions, if you don't, if you're not driving a heavy machinery truck, I mean, there's a million local circumstances, but you know your life. Um, sometimes it's worth paying a small penalty all of next day. So, so, you know, we can model this a little bit. Like not sleeping means, I don't know, a 10% penalty the next day on cognition, let's say. I'm making that up. It's going to vary from person to person, but let's say it was that. Is it worth two hours right now for a 10% penalty for tomorrow? What if it's 40% penalty? Um, this is kind of how I think about it. If you're trading night hours for morning hours, you're just going to wake up later. Usually a bad trade. If you're at all disciplined in the morning, you don't have anything going on tomorrow. If you're trading night hours against sleep, because like, look, you got to be at a meeting at eight and you're going to be wall to wall the whole day and you're not going to, you're not going to be able to finish the thing. Yeah, that's trickier, right? So the variables that fit into this are all stuff we've talked about before. You know, there's context decay, right? Switching costs, coming back to the work, reorienting. Um, there was one time I wrote an essay some years back uh, when I when I was I used to write a weekly uh, nonfiction historical essay, uh, some some thousands of words every single week, and I did that for a few years in a row. It was a really really enjoyable period of my life. And I remember one time I had an essay almost entirely done. I don't know. I had to write. I don't recall some paragraphs more, not a lot more. I had like I had to like get like two or three more ideas that weren't even big ideas and then just tie it all up together very satisfyingly. So I did it, but I was like, eh, it was like late and I went to bed. And uh, the next day I was busy and so I didn't work on it. And then again, whatever. And then it's like five days later. And I was like, I don't remember where I was at the writing. And I had to reread the whole thing and reorient. And then I had to like re-outline. And it wound up taking, I remember this. This one was like very memorable to me. I, I for sure could have wrapped it in like 20, 30, 40 more minutes. And instead it wound up being like three, four hours. So I was like, hmm, that was a bad trade, right? So in that case, for me, I got 40 more minutes of sleep, but my essay got done four calendar days later and it took five hours. So, you know, if this was kind of like a time profit and loss thing, uh, you know, then I would have lost, you know, whatever, about three hours and three calendar days for calendar days of delay, right? Um, would that have been worth taking a penalty the next day? Yeah, I actually recall that that was a 
relatively unbusy next day. Um, like I had stuff to do, but I didn't need to be at like high cognition. So it really would have made no difference. So I, I remember that when I flagged that one, I'm like, I should have stayed up in that case. Now, I think almost always, if you're, if you're not going, if you're not in like flying, you're like, but I should just, you know, I spent the last six hours, you know, uh, playing Counter-Strike and I really should get in an hour here at midnight before I go to bed. No, that's just stupid and that never works. You're gonna just like play another hour of Counter-Strike and then go to bed and like dislike yourself more. So if, I, I'm only evaluating making this trade if I was doing pretty well right beforehand. Um, and then, yeah, um, if you're disciplined and have good work habits and you'd be trading off against open morning hours with no meetings and nothing to do, I think that's usually a bad trade. Um, a lot of us uh, have centered on morning hours being worth something like 4x to 6x a nighttime hour. A lot of people have independently came up with calculations like that as to how productive they are for high cognitive work. Trading against sleep. Mm. I mean, like, okay, you got any health issues, don't do it. You got any uh, psychological, psychiatric issues, don't do it. You're uh, using power tools the next day, laser guns, don't do it. You're driving and, and the roads are icy the next day, don't do it. Um, if you have to do high cognitive work where your peak of thinking, chess tournament, exam, or just trying to get your mind around some theoretical physics the next day. If that's what the next day looks like, probably don't do it. If it's kind of a boring day, you gotta go through the motions on some stuff the next day, I don't know. I'm technically supposed, like the, the cultural milieu is that I should tell you to not do it, but I've done it and enjoyed doing it plenty of times. And you know, I don't, I don't know, don't, don't do it a lot, right? But that leads to the second point, which I do think is worth considering, which is, to some extent, you know, you might also investigate this question. I don't know what do I do in that moment level, but you might like write a policy for yourself and you say, okay, what kind of habits and lifestyle and stuff do I want? Do I want to have a life where I will, you know, burn the midnight oil and, 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 and work somebody radically and things like that. And I'm going to maybe say something interesting, a little weird um, about this. I, this might sound a little weird. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. Actually. I think, People that are disorganized, that are not in the midst of a push, disorganized. Uh, some people are naturally, and, and I, I think there's some, some like, there's like cognitive patterns and, and maybe a biological aspect to it too. Um, some people are more orderly by nature than other people. Um, that's just like true. Um, that's just true. There's conscientiousness. I don't know if it's, hereditary or if it's gene expression or whatever. I actually haven't looked into it that much. It'd be interesting to look into at some point, but you can know when you kind of look inside your own soul. Are you naturally like a very, are you like more orderly or not? Do you know what I mean? Like if you move in with like a, a you know, somebody that's slightly above average on cleanliness and orderliness and become roommates with them, is it more likely you're picking up after them to keep your place nice? Or is it more likely that the place is like, dirtier because you live there than it would be if they lived alone, right? So like when you're living somewhere with someone slightly above average, does the place get cleaner or less clean because you're there? People probably know the answer to this right away, right? Um, do you have like very nicely organized notes and stuff? You know what I mean? Do you keep a schedule really well and stuff? You're never late to stuff. You know, all your stuff is really well organized. 
Uh, you got like a file of papers that you have your your birth certificate and all these various documents in a waterproof package that you also have photocopies and you maybe have one of them at your parents' house and one of them you have photocopies with you or vice versa in a sealed waterproof container. You that person? Or are you a little bit wild? The more you're a little bit wild, the more you're ironically maybe taking less of a penalty by acting a little bit wild. I know, sounds weird, right? So, you know, I don't know. We could imagine like a video game, right? We could imagine a video game where uh, like if you're a knight in the game and you run away from an enemy in battle, you take big honor penalties and you lose a lot of knightly powers. But like if you're not a knight, you take a tiny little penalty by running away from the battle. Well, if you're close to being a knight, super orderly type, then maybe you want to preserve that and maybe you want to set rules around that. Maybe you even want to uh, potentially take a little bit of damage once on like, wow, it's going to be a lot more uncomfortable by not staying up late, but I'm the type of person that always goes to bed at exactly midnight and I follow my rules. Other people, they could like set a policy like that and attempt to install it. And short of making it a life-changing intense effort, are not going to be able to follow through on that policy and will wind up breaking it within a few weeks either way. They, they could change it if they designed hard, but the kind of casual goal adoption that a lot of people do, not going to happen, right? So if you're close to being a highly orderly person, and you might be because, you know, if you're inquiring about like, hey, I'm really th deeply considering the question as to whether it's good to make this trade-off or not, right? Because think about it. This is like when somebody asks, hey, should I stay up to keep working or should I go to bed? This is like a trade-off between two orderly behaviors, right? This is a person that wants to get their work done and wants to be industrious and diligent and such and also wants to like, uh, you know, be thoughtful and conservative, protect their sleep schedule and stuff. Like, hey, I respect the question. If you're more on the orderly side, you might specialize into that and say, here's my freaking rules. I stop work every single day at 9 p.m. I go lights out, always at 11 p.m. I'm always in bed by 12 p.m. I never break these rules no matter what. And then what will happen is over time, you'll get specializations. You'll get better at estimation. You'll get better at knowing how to end the day. You'll get better at timing and sequencing things, even if you pay short-term penalties and pains by doing that. Now, there's some people that just this really wouldn't work well for them, short of them making an intense, fanatic 50 times more like design the environment, recruit a bunch of accountability, get a bunch of other people involved in helping you make a huge thing about it, cut every other goal other than being like super orderly, commit to doing it exactly for one month, do it like a, I'm like hell or high water, I'm gonna get this done for one month, I'm just gonna follow the schedule really intensely and I'm not gonna screw it up once for like one month, I don't even care what else I get done this month. Short of them doing that, where they go all in on it, the, the, like the, the casual, oh, let me go to bed at the same time every night. Like, you know, we all know people that are like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And they're like, two weeks later, they're not doing that thing anymore, right? I think you got to know which type you are. So if you're orderly and you want to specialize in being more orderly and build a schedule around that that works for you, then maybe consider just doing it for that and then don't even bother making the short-term trade-off and calculations. If you're a little more wild, I'm not the hyper-orderly type. By the way, I love those people. I work with really well with those people. I'm not hyper-orderly type naturally, right? Um... You know, if it's not you, then, you know, you know, again, if you're a little bit, little bit, a little bit wild, a little bit of that wild creativity and you do some wild creativity thing, you don't take as much of a systems identity habits penalty from it. But you are, to some extent, making a vote on what you want to do in future situations like that. And that can also affect your behavior. The worst is when you like, for someone that is a little wild, the really worst is where you like screw off 
from like 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. And that's like, oh no, I need to work. And then, oh no, it's midnight. Like, this doesn't seem like this, this person has asked this question. But like, that's bad. Don't do that. Um, don't, don't teach yourself that. I, I don't know. Don't, don't go there. Um, okay, so two ways to analyze it. If we're just doing a raw short-term pragmatism, hey, we're trading either night hours for morning hours or night hours for sleep. It's worth looking at the standard factors on projects. Can you ship it entirely? That, that's going to swing my vote much closer to yes. If you're not the nightly orderly, you know, night to, with a K, you know, and not that, you know, whatever. Uh, if you're not that hyper orderly type that like really should just honor that and build around that, specialize in that direction, you're anywhere from normal to a little bit wild. Um, okay, then we can think about these calculations. Is it worth trading some night hours for either sleep or for morning hours? If it's for morning hours and your morning's open, like probably not, unless you're really, really, really close. The only thing that's going to push me against that is if you can ship it entirely and have something entirely done and you're high, highly contextualized, then maybe it's worth it. There's context decay, there's things aging, and then there's, um, let's say you're trading against sleep. What's the penalty on tomorrow's cognition? How important is good cognition tomorrow? Are you doing something a little bit dangerous? Or are you doing something that benefits from the peak ability of your thinking, the, the, the highest quality of thinking you do? So don't do it. Um, if tomorrow you have to go through the motions on a bunch of stuff that doesn't require a lot of thinking, yeah, I don't know. You're not supposed to advise people to like, everyone should take sleep seriously. It's like the cultural milieu right now. I know a lot of people that are successful that didn't exactly do it that way from time to time. I've not done it that way and appreciated that I didn't do it that way. So I think you can think about it, make an educated trade, whatever, caveat, 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 be careful, whatever. Um, last thing I'll say, though, the last thing I'll say, though, is maybe one last factor to consider. And, you know, when you're a little younger, it, it um, so many factors in the world. You learn all these different considerations. It's like, man, that's a lot of stuff. Can you just give me a simple answer? And it's like... Uh, no. I mean, sure, I can. Go to bed. There. Done. Or, like, if you can finish your work, finish it. If you can't, go to bed. Like, what? Like whatever. I could, like, say something simple. But, like, uh, no, there's a lot of factors. And, 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 you know, wisdom is knowing what's relevant. And I think this last one is, is quite relevant, which is, are you in a good sleep window or not? Um, I don't know the exact science behind it. It's, like, been on my, like, research it eventually list for a while but there's there's different factors influencing whether you know now you could fall asleep quickly or not circadian rhythm ultradian rhythm uh, whatever insulin levels in your in your uh, you know your hormone your hormones and what's going on there and uh, potentially i think ghrelin makes you hungry but also wakes you up if anyone's ever like not been able to sleep because they're hungry that um there's all kinds of stuff going on, but there's something that I think even people that are not super intuitive, they just look for it, uh, can notice, which is like, am I in a good sleep window? You can just like ask yourself, just like close your eyes for a second and say, if I lay down right now, will I fall asleep quickly? If the answer is yes, that really biases me towards hitting a good sleep window, right? Um, I think really it's an underrated thing to be able to hit a good sleep window and just bam and then you're down and then you're immediately sleeping so being tired and the good sleep window are slightly different things it's just kind of like i don't know for me i can like literally just close my eyes and go yeah i'd fall asleep instantly right now or like nah, i'd be lying in bed for a little while good sleep windows are magic bam you hit the pillow you're out you wake up the next day i don't know i feel much more refreshed the next day and it's i don't know it just seems really nice so that's maybe a little last consideration 
um, is are you in a good sleep window? If you're in a particularly good sleep window, like, I don't know, like whenever I could sleep in a good sleep window, it's kind of like, I don't know, you, you know those like skateboarding video games where you like get on the half pipe, you do a trick, you do a jump ball. Like I think you get a lot of extra points by like sleeping at the end of the day in a good sleep window in the game of life. I think it's like you get a good score. So I don't know. And if it seems to be good for you and good all the way around. So that's maybe one last consideration. So that's it. Um, the core equation that I use is, am I willing to trade night hours against morning hours? And as much as I've kind of leaned on the side of like, hey, I'm okay with considering, um, I'm okay with considering cutting sleep. Um, a lot of people won't. I have and done that in my life and I know a lot of people have. So, you know, I'm not gonna give this kind of infantilizing advice. Uh, you know, presumably everybody listening is a thinkery person and can make their own decisions. Um, trading off sleep to get nighttime production hours, eh, it's questionable. It's like not universally applicable, but sometimes yes. Trading off night hours against like morning hours, like usually no go, right? But that's what you're doing um, is that's the trade. So you think about it that way fundamentally, there might be some, what's the policy that I want here? Habits, identity, lifestyle sort of stuff that might or might not apply to you. Um, ironically, I think the more organized you are, the more you should consider leaning into the organized thing um, and setting a policy and always upholding it. Um, the more you're not that, the more I think that's not as relevant. Um, and then, yeah, if there's a good, if you're in a good sleep window, yeah, then unless it's really like, really, really good work, you know, like that, that have to cause a dilemma. Cause if you can immediately hit a good sleep window, that's a, that's a delight. And that's gonna make the whole next day better as opposed to taking a penalty, so. Yeah, it's worth considering that too. Um, there's a comprehensive answer to that relatively straightforward question. I hope that's useful. If anyone else has any questions or would like to otherwise give us some feedback or chat with us, we're friendly people. Podcast at ultraworking.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for the question. Thank you for listening. Be well.